Welcome to the eighth installment of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite state parks, mostly because it's my local closest state park. It's going to be McKinney Falls State Park in Austin, Texas. And in the second segment, I'm going to give you a little bit of a recap about my current trail runner, the Astral Trail Runner Shoe, and I'll give you some more details and see if that's something you'd be interested in and give you some details on where to buy it. Stay tuned. Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. What is going on, fans of the Texas Trailhead podcast? This is your host, Danny, bringing you another episode of this fun adventure that we're already a few months into. Not a few months, maybe a couple months. Who's counting? I'm having so much fun with these podcasts. I just like bringing more information to all of y'all that have been tuning in on a weekly basis. This week's episode, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite local parks. It's the closest state park to me, so I'm pretty spoiled. It is McKinney Falls State Park. It's located in Austin, Texas. And the most interesting thing, first and foremost, about McKinney Falls is you're in the city, but when you're at this state park, you really feel like you're a little bit out of the city. Um, I'd say for the most part, when I talk to you all about the camping, we're going to we're going to bring back the, the, the fact that you're right in the middle of the city a little bit more, but. So McKinney Falls is named after one of Stephen F. Austin's original 300 colonists. So already off the bat, there's a lot of history. Um, He was a racehorse breeder, Mr. Thomas McKinney. This was back in the 1850s, so a while back. One of the other fascinating things about McKinney Falls is that it's also a segment of the El Camino Real. Um, There is a point of interest for the El Camino Real at the state park that I'm going to talk about here in a second. So, you know, being in this part of Texas, there's already so much history that you can find around here. And McKinney Falls is a great place to get a little bit more of that, I feel like. Um, It's definitely my top three favorite state parks that I go to. But like I said, this one's the closest. So I'm I'm here most frequently. Uh, I really, really like it. Um, it, it's really close to a, a main roadway, but like I said, when you're here, you really feel like you're getting a lot of separation. And because of that, a lot of the people in Austin really frequent this state park on, on the rig on a regular basis to kind of get away from their, their day to day. So on the weekends, it gets really busy. Um, and because of my schedule and what I do for a living in real life, I am not typically off on the weekend. So it's awesome. So I can be there on a Wednesday morning and there's only a few hardcore people there that are trying to get in their exercise or people that RV full time. So, um, yeah, let's get, let's get into this a little bit deeper in Austin if it includes any form of water, it's going to be pretty popular. 
and during the summer, especially if Onion Creek is flowing great. And Onion Creek is the body of water that flows through McKinney Falls and creates what they they name the falls. Um, so if Onion Creek is flowing great, you'll see people visiting this park just for the, the water features to, to splash around in. There's an upper and a lower falls, with the upper being more of the scenic option, and I'd say the lower falls being where most people go to swim. Leading into the lower falls, there is a trail called the Picnic Trail. So for people that want to go hang out, um, you see a lot more in the summertime, I feel like. But on the Picnic Trail, this is where you'll find plenty of places to sit and snack with friends and family. And I can't really stress this enough. There is no alcohol or food allowed by the water. So please, please, please be mindful of this. On my last visit, there was a ton of trash in the waterways. So I think we can all step it up and do a little bit better and and do our part a little bit more effectively. On the weekends, it's tough because, you know, there aren't rangers everywhere policing everyone at these parks. But I'll, I'll be leaving the lower falls and i get it like it's popular people want to spend time splash around splash it up but i see full-blown picnics going on right by the water and it's all these just paper and plastic and just all of the packaging and it's really discouraging so i really think we can all do a little bit better and and respect that these bodies and places these lands that are set aside for our enjoyment i think we should really take care of them so mckinney falls uh has five main camping areas and one youth group camping area as well there's no primitive camping here but this is another park that features cabins if you go on my website texas trailhead the texas trailhead.com i have an article that does say um that does give you a list of all the state texas state parks that feature cabins so pretty pretty great thing to look at if you have a few people that aren't quite ready to be out in a tent and but really want to kind of be outdoors a little bit so one great thing about the campsites i feel like is that each of these sites has showers in the restrooms so you know i love a i love a good shower especially at the state parks um, they're all relatively close to the upper falls, the campsites, that is. So if you want to get out of the campsite and walk around, there's plenty of fun things to look at pretty close by. There's definitely fishing allowed along Onion Creek. In fact, at the time of this recording, it is the 5th of February. Um, I know McKinney Falls just got stocked with some uh, some trout, some trouties. So if you have an angler in your in your in your circle and uh, you're listening to this, let them know, let them know, go check out McKinney Falls state park and get some, some truths. Um, yeah. And and then the hike and bike trail that I'll get into a little bit more, um, that wraps around all of the camping area. So it's pretty accessible. That's, that's the one main trail that you can get to fairly easily from the campsite. So if you're wanting some extra exercise, uh, bring your bike. All right. So here's the thing about camping at McKinney Falls State Park. It's loud at night if you're sleeping in a tent. It's just, it is what it is. You're going to hear traffic at night because the park is right off, to, right off of McKinney Falls Parkway, which is a fairly busy main road, but 
where this park is located. It's also pretty close to the uh, Austin Bergstrom Airport, Austin's airport. And, you know, those flights are in and out till I feel like about 11 or midnight. Um, so I don't, I, I don't say this to, to be a deterrent, just kind of like Bastrop State Park, just giving y'all info. But uh, I definitely recommend taking something with you to help you drown out that noise if you're a light sleeper. When my daughter and I were there last, she didn't have any problem falling asleep, uh, mostly because we were splashing around in the water, and that really kind of helps get some of the get some of that energy out. So by the time it was time to uh, hit the hay, if you will, she was pretty she was pretty pooped, and you know, setting up camp and stuff kind of wore me out too. So, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. You're you're away from it all, but realistically, you're you're still kind of right in, in town. So, um, still some really really great camping, y'all. So don't don't uh don't feel like that's not something you should be doing. So, when it comes to hiking, there are seven trails at Mif- McKinney Falls State Park. The longest trail is the Homestead Trail, which is going to be about three miles. And the shortest trail is the Rock Shelter Trail, and that's 0.6 miles. There is a lot to see around this park, and each trail gives a little bit of history, a little bit more history that I already talked about. On either Mr. McKinney, the CCC, they had a huge part in um, this park, or the landscape changes throughout the park. The Rock Shelter Trail is hiking only, but one of the highlights here is Old Baldy. It's a bald cypress tree that seems hidden from the outside, but once you're down on the trail, you see her majesty towering above. This section is shaded, and at the last visit, the trail stopped here because of work being done on the trail. And you're not really missing so much at the other side of the tree it kind of really just stops and makes its way into the hike and bike trail so it's pretty easily accessible just kind of going around a couple more things about old baldy is it's over a hundred feet high and is over 500 years old that's one of the great things i feel like about some of the parks around Texas, I know down in New Braunfels, if you're in Central, there's some pretty epic oak trees um, down there as well. So they're around. So I know San Marcos has a really pretty uh, old oak tree, but the cypress tree is definitely a sight to see, I feel like. On the other direction, if you turn around, um, you're going to hit the historic rock shelter that you'll see. You see them a lot in this part of Texas. The limestone kind of towers, curves over you, and there are fun glimpses of water dripping through the rocks that give a really nice, majestic feel if there's been good rains. If if it's hasn't been raining in a while, you're, you're not going to see that as um, fantastically, if you would, the, if it was raining, but this, the rock shelter is listed on the national register of historic places. And this shelter, according to 
science has been around for over 4,000 years. So just think about, you know, the Camino Real trail and just the different beings, people or, you know, people and different animals using this as a shelter um, in this area. It's pretty neat to think about how old a lot of this stuff that we still get to experience today really is. My favorite trail at McKinney Falls, I'd say, is the Homestead Trail. It's 3.1 miles, miles, uh, but it connects to Flint Rock Loop Trail, which is a mile and a half long, and the Williamson Creek Overlook Trail was just is just over a mile if you want to extend your hike. This trail also has a homestead shortcut, so you can cut across if you don't feel like um, doing the whole trail. Just thinking about the map, you can definitely make this feel kind of like a beefier, beefier hike, especially adding in the Williamson Creek Overlook Trail, because that's also going to take you away from everything a little bit too. But the reason why I like the Homestead Trail is five of the points of interest are on the very beginning of this trail. You're going to have the... Like I said, El El Camino Real is kind of right when this begins. You're going to see the lower falls on this trail. You're going to see the McKinney Homestead, so remnants of the homestead um, for Mr. McKinney. You're going to see the gristmill, which is pretty gnarly. Um, So it, it, it kind of coincides with the waterfalls from Onion Creek. Um, to the water that you're going to be walking through. And it's one of the area's first flour mills that was created in 1852, so that's awesome. And then finally, you're going to see the Smith Family Picnic Area. Um, The Smith Family purchased this land from the McKinney's in 1885 and donated over 600 acres to the state of Texas in the 1970s. So... Big ups to the Smith family for letting us have this land to enjoy as a state park. The picnic area, I don't want to be kind of a a bummer about it, but it's really just a cement um, table that's left, but still pretty neat um, when you see it. So definitely a few things to think about. Something else that you should be thinking about is going on the Homestead Trail. There is one caveat. You need to um, do a little rock jumping to get to the trail. You need to cross Onion Creek in order to access it. So during times when the water is lower, you can just kind of bounce around on on the river on the riverbed there. Um, every other time of year, I've definitely seen the water flow get kind of gnarly. So I recommend taking some shoes you don't mind getting wet and switch out when you cross. So that's usually when I'll take my water sandals, my bedrocks or my chacos, and then just hook them up to my backpack um, when I'm on the other side. So yeah, so this is a loop trail. Both of the entrances are pretty close together. I don't really have a preference on which direction you go. Um, You'll see kind of what you see going in any direction. Um, so some, some trails I kind of recommend going in a certain way because you, uh, when I talk about Lost Maples, there's definitely going to be a way that I want 
people to experience because one way is just not as difficult as the other way. But if you like a good challenge, then, you know, just, just go in the opposite direction, I guess. Um, this trail, like most of the trails here, have some good shade. But, of course, there are some spots that will open up um, where you'll definitely need some sunscreen, especially in the summertime. Uh, another interesting thing about the Homestead Trail is the Texas Parks and Wildlife Headquarters is shares land with this state park it's right next door so when you're walking on the homestead trail all of a sudden you hit this corner and you see the building while you're on the trail and it's creepy because you see the back of the building and it's just windows and it's just a field so it looks well it looked like the first time when i saw it that it was just some creepy old abandoned building um so if you're into the walking dead that which I was the first time I saw it, I thought that was kind of kind of creepy, kind of cool. And then when we left the park and we went, um, I guess when you exit and you go left, you, you notice that you start to see the, the Texas parks and wildlife headquarters sign. So once I looked it up on the map, I was like, Oh, okay, well that's, that's what we just looked at. But if you, if you go on this trail, definitely be on the lookout for it and let me know if, you thought it was as creepy as I did, or maybe I'm just uh, was obsessed with Walking Dead at the time, and that's why I thought that. Uh, another one of my favorite hiking um, opportunities, spoke on it a little bit earlier, is the Onion Creek Hike and Bike Trail. It is 2.8 miles, and it's mostly paved. So this is a great option if you're not looking for as many scenic changes and just want to get in some good exercise. I usually leave my day pack in the car if I'm going to go on this trail and just bring my water bottle. Uh, but if you want some hammock chill time, just a heads up, this trail opens up to the Buffalo multi-use field that has plenty of tables. And it's a very popular picnic area because it's really close to the upper falls. But there are some really awesome trees here. And so I'm definitely, um, when I know I want to kind of chill out a little bit in the middle of my hike, we'll bring my hammock, set it up on these trees and just, um, hang out, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, uh, relax in the hammock and the onion Creek, uh, one of the, the main fishing areas is in this area as well. So just really awesome outdoor space. And if you, if you live in town or if you live close to Austin, it almost has kind of like a city park feel, but you're in a state park in the middle of town, so it's pretty neat in that aspect. Um, one thing to note about the hike and bike trail is there was a neighborhood that was built right on the other side of the park boundary, so Austin land is getting bought out and scooped up and developed, and a neighborhood went right next to the park. So because of this, the park decided to reroute the trail and eventually pull you away from seeing the houses. So I'm not sure on a timeline for completion, but just a heads up. And um, you'll see some of the uh, signs, at least when this uh, podcast first airs. So, yeah, overall, there's 10 points of interest. There are, you know, seven seven trails, two kind of main ones, and a lot of interactive things for nature, some great camping areas. You're close to the city. If you don't want to 
be in the park all day because you ran out of amazing fun stuff to do. Like I said, if you're new to the area, you're really close to some really cool Austin-y things. Downtown's not too far away. Um, like I said, I'm I'm pretty pretty close to the state park, so it is my my reg, my regular stop. Uh, San Marcos Outlet Malls, you know, I, I really kind of wish I wouldn't have mentioned the outlet mall when I'm like, yeah, man, nature and outdoors. But hey, I get it. Sometimes you're with people that just want to do something else. So just giving you options. Um, if I was visiting the state park, I'd want to be all outdoorsy and stuff. But every once in a while, you have someone that gets bored. So hey, I'm just trying to, like I said, just give a little something for everyone. So yeah, that's McKinney Falls State Park. I really, really like it. I really hope all of y'all get a chance to get out. It's not a huge park, um, you know, but I really like the camping here. I really like the water here. It's also a great place that people do some boulder climbing too. Last time I was there with my mom, we ran into a couple fellas that had these big, uh, I guess, bouldering mats, if you will. And they they were setting up to uh, do, do some climbing when you want to do it in a more natural setting. I just think the water makes this, the history makes this. If you're not familiar with the El Camino Real, I definitely would look into that um, a little bit more. Maybe I'll talk about that on an upcoming episode. So, all right, stay tuned for the next segment. Thanks. All right, welcome back. So I've already talked to you all about why I like to wear trail runners instead of traditional hiking boots. So... I thought it'd be fun to tell you about which trail runners that I wear. I've gone through a few at this point, and I still wear my old ones if if I feel like I'm going to be a little bit closer to mud or just if I'm not really doing high high long distances or stuff like that. But I picked up a new pair of trail runners from a company called Astral. I'll have a link in the description down below, but basically astral, A-S-T-R-A-L, designs.com. And these shoes are primarily for using, you can use them in the water or a light hiker. And I figure if I need to get some footwear for longer hikes, I might think about that. But I wanted to do something that I knew I could get wet. And these Astrals so far have been pretty spectacular. According to their website, um, the particular model that I have, it's the TR1 Mesh in men's. They make a women's version as well. But they're turbo-ventilated and ultralight. And they have the sticky G15 rubber outsoles. So they allow you to move quickly and confidently through both desert canyons or tropical trails. So I'm not really doing desert canyons, but the hill country trails can feel feel a little rugged uh, on, on some aspects of it. So just kind of holding them in my hand, they, they definitely feel a lot more lightweight than some of my other trail runners that I wear. And that's due to all the mesh that's on the upper. Um, it's 2D mesh. And a lot of that serves more purpose for the water. And because of that, though, it also gives you some great breathability. I can definitely feel the breeze on a hot day on my feet. 
But when I'm in San Marcos fishing on the banks and I, I step in a little bit and not not quite wet wading, but just there on the edge, these shoes definitely dry really quickly just walking around and they don't get so so sh- sloppy, sloshy. Trying to mix those two words together. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't hold on to a lot of the water. So that that's pretty good. So it, it really does serve its purpose well in the water, but also for around Texas when it gets really hot. It has TPU overlays at the toe and heel cap. So there's going to be some nice fabric. The toe cap is going to have kind of right in the center of the foot. I would like to have a little bit more toe cap on a trail runner, but head on, these are going to do just fine. And you also have holes in the toe cap to let water out, um, which is going to be pretty, pretty essential. And so when I, you know, think about water situations too for hiking, you know, in the previous segment, I talked about McKinney Falls State Park and needing to walk over some of the rocks in the riverbed. Ideally, you could probably just wear these to do that. And if you're wearing some really good merino wool hiking socks, you you really don't need to swap footwear, I think, especially in a shoe that is intended for being in the water. The insole is going to be a polygene-treated insole, which is going to be really good to prevent just kind of that funkiness that's going to happen in your shoe. You can take that out and let it dry um, but it's not going to have any of the bacteria buildup that you would get normally, which I think is really important, especially for shoes that are going to be worn in the water. It's not going to accumulate that funk. Um, so something to think about. The laces in the box, it comes with the blue. I have the blue and gray model with the orange lettering. You're going to have a dark navy shoelace, and then in the box, there was the lighter blue that matches the shoe a little bit better. The midsole, it's a level heel to ball with top shank to reduce foot fatigue, and that's going to be important to give you some balanced geometry, especially with your foot's position in the shoe. It's going to allow excellent balance and biomechanically a natural lifestyle. And the footbeds are important. You're going to have only a millimeter drop from heel to toe, so not quite zero drop. It's going to give you a little bit of a medium arch support, but the instep is tapered and the heel area as well for better foothold and control. So a wide foot allows your feet and toes to spread out for stability. And you've seen that in a lot of the trail runners, especially some of the long distance ones. I know when I was watching Dixie on YouTube, she had switched to a trail runner that let her foot box just spread out a little bit for that added comfort. And you're not going to get that full on with these astrals, but I definitely think you're going to feel some significant difference in the footbed on these shoes as well. Going back to the bottom, the G15 compound, it's going to give you some really good grip. I always find it interesting to test grip on dry surfaces and you can kind of feel it sticking to the ground. It's a soft rubber, so I probably wouldn't wear these 
as a daily shoe, you're going to wear the soles out a lot quicker by doing that. And just kind of holding the shoe in my hand, there's a lot of different grip points. These are going to be a five millimeter lug on the bottom. So a little bit deeper. They are a little bit spread out. And then right, I guess where your arch would be, there are these little kind of they look just like a bunch of little pyramids that are going to give you some extra grip. I haven't had these very long, about four months now, and you can definitely see some of the foam points where I've been walking on rocks, and you can see kind of where the rocks have made imprints into that bottom foam part. That being said, I don't know how long these are going to last if I use them as my normal trail running shoes. Um... They have some good cushioning, not as much as my previous shoes that I got from North Face that were really, really cushiony. These, once it warms up, will probably move to my main water shoe as opposed to my hiking shoe. And I'll start looking at some options for that for the summertime. Um, the Astral's kind of at an average price point for this type of shoe. They're going to run about $125. They're available on the Astral website. You can find them at a couple other retailers. Uh, but overall, I think it's a really good shoe. I, I think if you're looking for something that you can wear and you know you'll need them by water, I think this is a really great shoe. I'd highly recommend it if you're going to use it for both purposes. If you're going to use it just as a trail runner, they're really great. They're really comfortable, but you know, it's just going to depend on how much life on the trail you want out of your shoes. I don't imagine these are going to hold up in the 500 to like six to 700 mile range on these shoes. But overall, I'm liking them so far. Uh, I'm going to wear them a little bit longer and I'll definitely give you an update on how they're holding up and how I'm liking them out on the trail. And then when it gets warm again and I'm in full fish mode, um, how they hold up just kind of waiting around in the in the rivers and seeing how they do grip wise. I haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to see how they're holding up grip wise in the water just yet, but I'm looking forward to trying that out. So yeah, that's the Astrals trail running shoes. They're the TR1 mesh and they do come in men's and women's. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.